0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weill Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine?
1: I'm so great. I mean, just ducky. How are you?
0: (laughs) Yes. Good. Really good.
1: It's been a long couple
0: weeks. Very happy to be here sharing a glass so, of wine so happy. with you. And you think we'd be alone, but we're not.
1: Nope. We've got a visitor tonight, folks.
0: Our six-year-old is here. Couldn't sleep, so we have our first live audience member.
1: <laughs> and he is not partaking in our in our wine tonight. He Maybe said we should, though. Maybe he we should he give said, a little... <laughs> uh, what kind of wine do you have? Oh, we have sparkling wine. Oh, Mom, I love sparkling water. I said, yep. And this is Sparkling Wine.
0: Yes, he couldn't sleep, probably because it's the end of a crazy month that we're going to get into. On this episode of the podcast, which is episode 86, episode 86 of the long finish, we're going to be talking about a fun, is this new to you?
1: Pretty new, within the last couple months, absolutely. And it's relatively new to the world.
0: Wow, that's cool. So it's a fun new sparkling wine domestic the U.S.
1: Exactly. We are drinking tonight Corollary. That's the name of the winery. This is the Winters Hill Vineyard 2017 Blanc de Blanc from the Willamette Valley. Delicious sparkling wine. It's so unique in so many ways. From Oregon. Unique grape variety that we'll get into. Made by a young couple. Super excited. 2017 was their very first vintage so we'll get into it.
0: Yes I told Catherine that we needed to have a wine that celebrates something in the summer because the theme of this episode is going to be wines you want to drink when you all survive COVID because our family, we haven't had a podcast in a month because we've been dealing with COVID. That's the big news over in the the Coker household.
1: Started from one and swept through everybody. Pretty
0: much, uh, yeah. So crazy month. We went back home. To my home, to Virginia, where I uh, was, saw my family. It was a big family reunion of sorts. We went to my town of Fredericksburg, where I grew up, and under Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. There was events, pictures to be taken, family photos, and I was actually actually got a job to come back to work on a really big movie. So I was very excited about that. So I had to change some travel dates and uh, just to make sure I wasn't uh, wasting my time. I just because you have to test for covid before you go on to a a movie set and so i decided to test back in pennsylvania so i wasn't wasting my time and it came up positive i was asymptomatic and then the world just changed i had had to stay an extra week in in virginia we were getting family photos the day i first tested positive and i couldn't be in the photos so yeah it just blew up we finally got myself well to come back home we flew home everyone was negative and then Catherine got it and two of our boys got it, and they were asymptomatic as well, so we just hid. We just hid for a week, and it just, it reminded me so much of the pandemic of 2020, because I was just, you know, everyone was largely healthy. You know, we were quarantining, but it felt like the pandemic. It felt like I lost, as you all know, I lost 30 pounds this year because of so much this, of the stress and trauma of the of the pandemic, just eating everything and drinking everything, and I immediately went back into that mode where i was eating and drinking everything
1: well it's just our routine's totally gone because went into vacation into just kind of survival mode and no one can help no one can help when you're dealing with covid babysitter doesn't want to come over can't go to camp can't go to work you're just kind of in it just getting through it so it's been a long couple weeks of just getting through it over here and we were excited to have a wine after this one because at least for me i did lose my sense of taste and yeah, smell i'm
0: interested to hear about that and we'll talk about that because we haven't talked about that that much
1: no and and i could get some of that back pretty soon but then it took a while to truly enjoy a glass of wine and so we wanted something kind of celebratory and unique and fun and sparkling is always where it's at for me and the, this one I was just super excited about. But it, we are not in the norm, <laughs> as evidenced by this episode tonight, where we have a visitor watching who is now raising his hand.
0: No, I couldn't do the job, which is uh, the, that movie will come out, and it's a big movie, will come out next year. So unfortunately, I couldn't work on it, which was disappointing. We decided to travel as a group to quarantine because the kids were asymptomatic in two uh, parts of Big Bear, California. Where we could be outside and not bothering anyone else because the kids still wanted to run around. So we did some hiking and maintained our solitude in in, in the mountains, which actually was a lot of fun.
1: I have to say, I mean, I truly, that was a wonderful silver lining, lining of yeah. all this and was such a fun surprise. And it was wonderful to be outside and together in the mountains I'm missing it. I do find that
0: if you were to do like a tiered system of COVID, it was like don't don't get it is number one, whether you're asymptomatic or not, because you have to sort of shut your world down. Exactly. Two would probably be not what we did, which was get have your household get it at the same time,
1: or get it on vacation. Yeah, already be away,
0: and then three the three is probably what we did, which was sort of. One after the other, yeah.
1: It it should be like chickenpox when you know when we were kids. People really
0: do that. They did. They would say, "You know
1: what? This is a great week. Let's just get them together, get the chickenpox, get it over with." Now that's really not possible with COVID because people are getting reinfected all the time. But it would have (laughs) been a great idea if we just all let's just all take the same week to do this.
0: So there was a portion of time when you had COVID, not long. Where you did lose your sense of taste and smell, or which which one was it both definitely both. because i didn't that never happened to me, it never happened to our kids, only happened to you, and you're the person who needs those senses the most, so as a person who works with their senses especially their senses of taste and smell every day as a livelihood, can you talk to us about what went through your head and how you felt about that and how you remedied to that and when it came back.
1: Well, not not too much went through my head. I certainly would have worried about that ad nauseum before it happened. But in the middle of it, I was just hoping to feel better and so tired. So I wasn't really worrying about it, but I was just experiencing it. And the interesting thing was that my other sense, my feeling sense, the sense of texture of things was so heightened. That's what I really noticed the most. So if I was drinking chicken broth, I was like, wow, this is so viscous and oily and feels so different in my mouth than this tea I'm drinking or than this water. And oh, you know, this noodle is so soft and kind of pasty. And that was a really interesting experience for me. I think I really Experienced those things in my mouth way more than I normally do because you kind of, when you're used to drinking chicken noodle soup, you just, or eat it, you just eat it. You're not thinking about all the elements of it. But when one is taken away, the other thing is heightened. So it was actually kind of a really cool experience because it was shortened, because I got it back, thankfully, all good. Yay. But I thought, you know, for folks you know, that aren't in the food and beverage industry, that aren't so intensely aware of their sense of smell, of their taste, they really do need a lot of texture to kind of like hit them in the face to experience something. It made me understand why people want big, full-bodied, textured wines, why they want tannins, why they want all of those elements and need those to really feel like they're drinking something, to have the experience. I, I sort of And I I like drinking, you know, Barolo as well and big wines too. But maybe folks that aren't as in tune with their taste and smell don't want to drink a super delicate Trousseau, you know, where it's really about the super fine aromatics. That's not interesting. You know, it is more about texture for those for those people and and for foods too i mean that was so interesting
0: yeah that's amazing but you're back now you're fully back i'm you feel back like nothing's changed in your opinion there's
1: no i and and the sad thing about being back is that it's all a wash <laughs> you're just eating potato chips and your normal food and just not paying attention in the same way i mean that that's what the gift is you know the change is like whoa something's different
0: do you remember the first thing you tasted when you got your taste back or
1: no because it was gradual
0: interesting wow what a journey if i were in your shoes and i was a sommelier i would be freaking out but
1: i was just so curious you're also
0: a more relaxed person than me so (laughs) anyway well we're glad your taste and smell are back me too our six-year-old is stepping up to our wine glasses and sniffing them like he's a professional psalm
1: he also has a wooden sword in his hand, just in, th- in case anything goes. We're taping this at nine twenty at
0: night on Sunday night, so the whole month for us has been chaos. Like, I felt bad for my family because I was in my parents' house, and I could feel the energy of my parents being like, "When are these people leaving? TikTok, TikTok." And I'm like, "I'm trying to leave. We need to push our flights." You know, so it's just a, it's just a, it's a world we live in, but it's it's tough.
1: I know? mean, no matter what, COVID or not. Even when someone's in your house for two weeks, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that's a long so time. So we immediately
0: shut down all travel plans as a family for the rest of the year. So that's done. Yeah. Learn our lesson. First time dealing with COVID for us in over two years. we never had it. And so we empathize with everyone who has had it before. But we said COVID is such a big part of our lives still to this day that if you go through this experience, what's a great bottle of wine that we can drink when you celebrate getting through it? And you maybe get your life back together because it's been pure chaos, as we said. So, Catherine, can you remind everyone what the wine is that we're drinking and why you decided to choose this wine as a topic for tonight?
1: Yes, we are drinking Corollary. It's the Winter's Hill Vineyard, 2017 Blanc de Blancs from Willamette Valley. Sparkling wine from Oregon. There's not a lot of fantastic domestic sparkling wine. We know that. There's good Prosecco out there. There's good Cava. There's a lot of great pet nat from all over. And there's Champagne. And then there's wines made like Champagne and other places that sometimes come up short. But when I tasted these wines just a few months ago, I was struck by how well they were made, how delicious they were, and at not crazy prices. I thought, this is so delicious. And I haven't really tasted that many amazing sparkling wines from the United States. I had to get it. The sparkling wine that many people know from Oregon is Argyle, which is kind of everywhere, but not a lot of other folks do it, mainly because it's really expensive. The equipment, just to get all the equipment to do the riddling, to do the bottling, to do the disgorgement, everything is really intense. And you have to have someone who has the equipment and someone who knows how to use it. So the fact that these folks are onto that is a good sign. But they're young. When I met them a couple of months ago, I was struck by how young they were. They This is kind of a second career for them. Gene and Dan, they came from San Francisco, I think tech industry or Silicon Valley, and they wanted something new in their life. And she Gene is from beaverton oregon and so they moved up there and they had been they had tried to make a sparkling wine uh, a sparkling cider in their garage and it actually turned out well and they were like let's see what we can do about this so they're sourcing all their fruit from vineyards that they're really excited about people that they have formed connections with and they have a someone who is got all the equipment to make the sparkling possible and they just started this project I was especially taken with this particular cuvee because of how unique it is. This is 100% Pinot Blanc. Now, Pinot Blanc is one of the seven grape varieties that are permitted in Champagne, and it grows well in Oregon as well. And I was excited about this cuvee because it is a different grape variety, because Corollary does make many wines from Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, but this is unique and also because of where it's sourced from, the Winters Hill Vineyard. And the Winters Hill Vineyard, they have their own winery, but they're also selling grapes. And the vineyard just sounded so amazing, just right up my alley, as you guys know. The vineyard is surrounded by forest, restored oak savanna trees, which are really rare in this area, and Willamette Valley Prairie and Douglas Fir Woodland, and they're preserving these habitats for wildlife to just create a kind of biodiversity that would be more natural to the Willamette Valley. Their vineyard is Salmon Safe, and it's LIVE certified, and LIVE is an Oregon sustainability certification that really is about low-impact viticulture and oenology, it's about energy usage, water management, the health of and safety of people who work in the vineyard and in the winery, and has a very serious list of green practices that are recommended and things that are not allowed. And Salmon Safe has been an Oregon certification for a long time, basically, that is about transforming land management so Pacific salmon can thrive. So these folks are doing that, but the fact that the vineyard is preserving these forests and these kind of trees and the wildlife that are native, and they're actually on the Willamette Valley Willamette Valley Birding Trail because of the wildlife that's preserved there. I was just so excited by this, and I'm like, ah, I can feel this in the wine. So this delicious Pinot Blanc is fermented in stainless steel. It's six months on the lease. And then this particular bottling was disgorged in January of 2021 with five grams of dosage. So kind of in that sweet spot, not too dry, not too sweet. I find it quite dry, but Pinot Blanc has a natural fruitiness to it. So it really doesn't feel too dry.
0: I'm also getting the hints of the cider that you talked about earlier. Like, there's a cider esque quality when you first open it. And it does evolve. It's evolved as the bottle's been opened to more of the well, is this traditional method. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I'm getting more of that sort of. Sh- champagne style. But I think
1: that like intense fruitiness on the nose is what you're speaking to. Yeah. That it was definitely off the top and now there's more of that richness. Yep. exactly what Biscuity happening. character yep. is evolving.
0: Yeah. That's exactly how I would describe it. Like, yeah. It feels like because champagne is such a cold area for wine. I mean, Oregon, it seems like to make a lot of sense for wanting to go into that traditional sparkling method that evokes champagne.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the same grape varieties that work in Champagne are the ones that are planted in Oregon. Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. It makes a lot of sense. And it's rainy. It's cooler. It's not California. Champagne is changing a lot. It's a lot warmer there. They're still making Champagne. It's so, warm everywhere. Exactly. Especially this week. But things are, things are evolving and... I think we could see a movement to have more sparkling out of Oregon if folks know who to call with the equipment, you know, and know that it's just going to be more expensive. Sparkling just is because it's a more involved process. It takes longer. Look, this is 2017. The other wines some of their other single vineyards are 2018, and then they have non-vintage blends. But it just is more expensive. It takes longer to make. It takes a lot more equipment. And if people are cool with that, okay. Also, I think we need to start getting comfortable with drinking all the styles of wine that we like that are closer to us. Because the shipping... fees are crazy. That's a good point. (laughs) And things are sitting on boats for so long and we just don't know when they arrive and things are varied vintage to vintage. And, you know, I think the more local we can turn our drinking for the future, probably for the best. Even though, don't get me wrong, I love champagne and I love all imports, but the environmentally responsible thing to do is make that a lesser percentage of what you're drinking and drink more from around the corner.
0: Our six-year-old is currently sniffing my empty glass. Are you getting and, and any notes on yeah. the yeah. nose? What, what are you getting? Want to, want to talk into the microphone? What do you smell? No, too shy. You, you, it smells great to you? Okay. I think you said grape at first. and I was like, that's... He's a genius. <laughs> you're, you're a psalm genius. There should be a reality show called Kids Psalm on Netflix. Maybe, don't don't steal this idea, listeners. But we do Kids Psalm where like uh, we do blind tastings with with kids. Not with wine though. No, no, with like, no, juices with, like and stuff. All, yeah, either juices
1: or. <laughs> but it'd be cool, if, or or eating foods or herbs yeah. or like different things, and they can like name what it is.
0: I mean that'd be amazing. Everything else is kids. You know, Gordon Ramsay is doing kids whatever chef show he has on. I'm gonna pitch that to Netflix, guys. Before this comes out, so sorry, idea's taken. What else can we learn about this wine that you might want to share before we get into food pairings and stuff? I think it's really cool to have, like, as you said, environmentally makes a lot of sense, cost makes sense. It's exciting to have a, and discover more and more quality domestic sparklings. I think that's really special.
1: I think it, it is important. The other thing is, you know, thinking about the styles of wine that we love that make sense and not being totally obsessed with the grape varietal. Now in general people drinking sparkling wine don't always you know latch onto a grape varietal because that whole category is about a style of wine. But in general just thinking about what makes a great sparkling and this Pinot Blanc is great. Now there are a few other producers that I know in Champagne that do make a great Pinot Blanc including Pierre Gervais in the Aube and a few others. Of course we think you know, mostly about Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, but Pinot Blanc has a lot to offer.
0: What are we pairing with this one?
1: Well, just about anything. Yeah. I'd have it with potato chips just about now because that's been our week. With those salt and vinegar potato chips that we've gotten in there, this would be so good. But also, okay, let's get serious. Oysters, crudo, that salmon that we had last week, this would be amazing. Because it is super fruity and just a little biscuity. It will be so pleasing to so many people.
0: How did we find this wine?
1: Well, this is their first year working with the distribution in California.
0: Let me backtrack for one second just to say, uh, you said you met them, but yeah. how, did, how did you come to meet them? How did you discover them? I mean, what brought them into your world?
1: Well, the um, distributor that they are working with, Revel, reached out and said, hey, we have these winemakers coming to town. And listen, you guys know, you know, I do not like to meet winemakers before I taste their wine because I am sometimes very won over by the winemakers buy the wine and then later regret it because I was just in trance with the people. But I was curious about this. For some reason, I said yes, I think because it was sparkling wine you know, and I'm always eager to find good domestic sparkling wine. And they were neat. They were a neat couple. Now, they also I can't really speak to this, but they also had a really serious system for carrying around sparkling wines all day that was very involved that looked like they were wearing like astronaut headsets on the on top of the bottles, which I'll have to find out the name of that, but they were serious and the wines tasted great.
0: So obviously you can find this at Esters but do you know how else someone might find this wine. Well,
1: certainly you can go to their website because I was just on it. Getting some details about this particular cuvee with a website is great.
0: What's the site name?
1: It is corollarywines.com. Go right on there, put it in your basket and take it home. Easiest way to support them and try this new wine.
0: It's very exciting. I mean, I you know, you and I love sparkling wines, sparkling beverages in general, but a great domestic sparkling wine is... Very fun to hear about. I mean, I've enjoyed it tonight. I'm celebrating hopefully the end of this phase of our life where we've dealt with COVID as a family. We're moving forward and we're celebrating. We're not we're not looking back with frustration. We're moving forward with joy and optimism. Yes. And let's get these kids in school. Please, let's get them out of my house and get them into a school.
1: If school doesn't start, I'm going to find the address of the teacher and drop them off.
0: Yeah, and we'll send them a bottle of Corollary as well. Say good luck. All right, now let's get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'll go first. i I've This podcast has been around, but I've never really gotten to it. It's Smartless, hosted by a bunch of my favorite actors, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, And it's so much fun. I mean, I guess I was just looking for, I think why I gravitated towards it was because the last month was so stressful. I just needed some fun in my life. And obviously most people in the world of podcasts know about this podcast, but I've been late to to find it. And I've been cherry picking some guests throughout the seasons that I think would be fun and and enlightening. And they are just have an electric chemistry, the hosts, super fun, playing it for Catherine, (laughs) which she rolls her eyes. Who wants to hear podcasts like Soundbite? Oh, they're trying to go to bed, but I'm doing it. The episodes that I've really loved are ones with Zach Galifianakis, Brian Cranston. I think I gave you one more that I really liked, Catherine. But um but they're all great. Malcolm in the Middle Guy. <laughs> yeah, it's Brian Cranston. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle Guy. Not even breaking bad. That's what's incredible about you. <laughs> God bless you. Uh so yeah, if you're if you're looking for some fun, just like like a nice little uh respite from watching the world burn, check out The show Smartless. Catherine, what do you have?
1: Okay. I have you to thank for this inspiration. Yes. In line with your just have a little fun, we all just need a good laugh. And you showed me this Jerry Seinfeld stand up clip of him talking about buffets, and it is just an enjoyable, I don't know, three to five minutes. No, it's not even that
0: three minutes. It's like like less than two minutes. minutes. Yep.
1: Uh, I am still laughing about it, quoting it, enjoying it. So do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube and look for Jerry Seinfeld's Stand Up Buffet and watch it. And just remember going to the Ponderosa Pine.
0: I think you and I have just been craving some levity in our life because it really has been just a reminder of of a flashback back to 2020 where there was no school. I was watching kids all day long. You could not even go to work. It was just stressful. As much as I love our kids, and I'm looking at one in the eyes right now and saying to you, "I love you," but being around you all day long is was hard. And you know, wanted to make sure that I was, <laughs> you know, I, and I want to give you the best life possible. So Catherine was talking to about talking to us about or talking to me about diminishing returns of, of the workspace. The first two hours being really, really good uh, for people's work ethic, and then to kind of without breaks, they just kind of fall apart. Where we were trying to carve out breaks and figure out schedules to how to survive. You know these really has been a four-week stretch anyway oh he's yawning now as soon as the podcast episode ends he's ready to go to bed do we bore you well i thought this episode was quite fun and this wine is delicious so go out and find corollary
1: mainly the wine is so good yeah Yeah, good just grab a bottle really fun
0: all right that's it that's it for episode 86 of the long finish episode 86 is in the books. Thanks to everyone for listening to the show. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, that would mean a lot to us. We should be back, fingers crossed, with an all-new episode in the next couple weeks, so stay tuned for that. the love episodes all throughout the fall, once the kids are back in school, right? My six-year-old son. So stay tuned for that. Until then, um, Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media?
1: Find us on Instagram at The Long Finish and at Catherine Weill Coker.
0: Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Thanks again for listening to the show. Have a great week. Be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking.
1: Ciao.